Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. Here with your co-hosts, as always, I'm Stacy Fleece, Samantha Tredelius. How are you? God, here I am. It's raining. It's raining. It's no, I don't understand what's happening. I don't. I don't. I can't. Um, I because, like, as you know, I have multiple times brought my outdoor cushions in because the rain won't stop. And and then in May, I put them out and was like, "Fuck it." I win, you lose, Mother Nature, because I'm not moving them anymore. Yeah. And then the rain continued. Uh, so that didn't work. And it continues to not have an impact yeah. on what she believes we need. Yeah. So you're losing, she's winning. But you know who's also winning is our guest today, who is also blonde, for those of you that can't see her. Which is everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm actually super excited today because we have Brianne Burke with us, who is, you know, Brianne, you, you, you describe yourself as a mindset and confidence coach, but that is literally just scratching the surface. I think of what you do. It's, I think it's a very unfair categorization because you do so much more um, and we're going to dig into all of it. So first of all, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, the energy on this call. Super excited to have an overachiever like yourself because, um, you know, just being a, a coach wasn't good enough for you because you are certified NLP, EFT, hypnosis, life and success coach, yoga, adults and children. Like you, you cover the gamut of, I feel like inside and outside health and brain health. And you're so, like I said, mindset and confidence coach, love that, but you offer so much more. And as we hear so many times, your your purpose and your, your, um, your idea to, you know, really shine light on, on, uh, women and, and build them up to who they need to be and who they're meant to be really kind of came out of your own personal experience. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So let's dial back a little bit and go back to sort of how that came to be, uh, you know, as you universityed, you traveled, you, you know, made your way through the world, trying to, trying to find your path. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm going to try and keep this long story, like not so long, but it also will provide some listeners, some serious context, because I think particularly in the social media and online space, as we all know, it's very much a highlight reel. And when people self-identify and put themselves out there in a business, people just think it's like, oh, you've always been this way. You've always had it together. You've always been confident because like, obviously you wouldn't be doing this if that's the case. When honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs or someone that's doing a not-for-profit, there's a reasoning behind that, right? There is a reason. Nobody ever says that about me. So just so you know. (laughs) I think they're saying it behind closed doors. You've always been so self-confident. <laughs> I think they're saying it behind closed doors. Problem? I don't know. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. So let's take this back a little bit. So I would say in university, it all kind of started like my self-development journey when I decided to study abroad. So to give, again, a little bit of context, I was currently studying at my home university. I'm from Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Um, most people in the world actually know where that is located, or at least they've heard of it. However, it's actually a very small town when you remove the tourism aspect. And not many people have left 
you know, it's one of those places people stay. I am one of the only ones that are like my friend group that kind of ventured off on my own. So I was always one to push timelines, push boundaries, go outside the norm. Like I was always very much intrigued by that. So in university, I was studying at a local university local university. And I wasn't very happy. I was like very unfulfilled. I changed my program multiple times because I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I thought I wanted to be a teacher, although that's a fantastic career. It was just a little bit too much in the box for me. So I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here and do something a bit different. So I decided to go study abroad in Sweden. I didn't know a single person in the country, let alone like the continent. And that's when I started to realize how resilient I was and how capable I was and how maybe dependent I was playing on my current circumstance at home. And that really started to ignite a fire in me to when returning home, I had one final year of university to finish. I did that. And without even attending my graduation, I didn't even get like my grad photos produced. They just say like proof on them, which obviously my parents hold against me because I just never told them. (laughs) And they're like, we're not hanging this on the wall. I'm like, cool. I booked a flight and ultimately was planning to travel for about nine months. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This seems like a good idea post-university. None of my friends are doing it, but hey, as the Europeans do, they're very like progressive and whatnot. And this is what influenced me like the year prior. So long story short, nine months turned into two years. I didn't come home. And that led me traveling through South America, uh, Southeast Asia for five months. I lived in Dubai for a minute. I lived in Australia for a year, which ultimately then actually took me back to California where I was in San Francisco for about my final month. And predominantly through these travels, I was with a long-term partner. And when I was in Australia, okay, he was at the time five or six years older than me. And as we all know, at that age, like late teens, early twenties, you're very impressionable. Right. And I was just so, I was more so looking back, I think infatuated with the relationship and with him versus maybe in love, not to speak poorly about him. It was a great relationship. And this will make sense in just a minute when I wrap this up. But I was kind of just like in his shadow a little bit, which was totally working for me at that age, right? But I had something switch without me even realizing when I was in Australia, he then got a job in San Francisco. And he's like, okay, let's wrap it up. Let's go to San Francisco. I'm like, ah, there's two months left on the visa. So I think I'm going to hang back. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like mid, how old am I at this time? I'm like 24, 25. He's like, you don't know anyone. What are you going to do? And you're broke as hell. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to work at like a burger joint and like travel the coast of Australia on my own. And he's like, okay, not like a huge fan of it, but it's like, okay, you're going to hang back two months on your own. And I'm like, yeah. And I call my parents and they're just like, Brie, what? are you doing? Like, where, where is your head at? Like, I don't understand. You were supposed to come home a year and a half ago. I'm like, yeah, I got this. It's totally fine. And something that you learn when you're traveling on your own is that like the highs are very high and the lows are very low. And with this being said, something that I also want to preface, I think there is this concept of you need to travel the world to find yourself. And I I don't believe that. I don't think you need to leave your current circumstance to find yourself is just honestly a part of my own journey and what ultimately I ended up doing. So upon returning home, 
to give a timeline for those listening. I'm in my mid twenties. So I come home and I am so unbelievably broke because I put my way through my own travels and I paid my own way through university and all my friends are getting married. They're buying houses and I am so lost. And to bring it to another level of lost, I've had like a bit of an epiphany and I decide to end this seven-year relationship like out of nowhere. And that took a lot of people by surprise because nothing was wrong. I just outgrew this person. And I started to realize that I am a very different person on my own. And it was time that I left that shadow. You know what I mean? And I was really at rock bottom at this point. Cause I'm like heartbroken. Everybody's got everything going on. You've got no money. No You're money. Just- no, I've been in a seven year relationship. So I'm so used to like having someone in- I'm living with my parents and I'm like, Whoa, Brady, like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> so I start, I start working and Obviously, because my friends are all in these like honeymoon phases of buying homes and whatnot, they're not like going out. It's funny because they probably go out now more than what they like used to, like in a social aspect. So I decided working full time at a gym and then I started working at a nightclub doing bottle service as you do, because we all know it's it's a really shitty environment to work in, but it's really good money. For the money is great. The money is great. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I saved up seven, no, $5,000 cash to put myself through a yoga teaching certification that summer. Cause I'm like, I need like a revamp. I need something. I had no intention of teaching yoga whatsoever. I'm like, I just need a revamp. I went to this training. It was two weeks. Um, and it was extremely intense, like very, very intense. You're at this ashram. You're with 30 people. It's like 6 a.m. to midnight every single day. Everything is so regimented. You have absolutely no control. And it doesn't sound like two weeks is a lot, but when you're in like that almost cult-like environment, it it is so intense. Like just to give you a point of reference, like there were five people that left before day four because it was like too much. Like like, I'm yogied out. So I'm going to stop you right here because I'm- That didn't think they wanted to teach yoga. Yeah, no. This is incredible. Like you just talking about your journey. I mean, most people can barely go on vacation for four days, let alone ripping the bandaid, going international. And then like, you know, just realizing that like these quick little changes are okay for you and, you know, moving to a different, you know, place. I'm sure bopping around a lot. And then just like ripping plug on a seven-year relationship because you were just like, you know what? I'm done here. This isn't working anymore. Yeah. And just to touch on that, like when you say ripping the band-aid, Samantha, like it took so many people by surprise because I didn't talk to my friends about it. My mom, who I'm very close with, my partner and I weren't having issues. And this doesn't make me sound great. And if I could change how I handled it, I would. But it it was via phone call because he was in San Francisco and I was back home and I woke up and I had the one and only epiphany I've had in my entire life to date. I just woke up and was like, I need to end this relationship. I'm crying. My mom walks in my room again, living at home. And she's like, Brie, what's up? Like, what's wrong? I tell her, she's like, give it a week. Like, this seems like really irrational. I was like, nope, I'm doing this right now. And I never looked back. And well, you didn't do it over text and you didn't do it on a post-it note. I so did it on a phone call. And he was a live phone call. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, how many people, and I, you know, in your coaching world, you're, you're definitely seeing how many people don't 
rip the bandaid off and like continue to stay in these shitty situations that are not serving them. And it's like, you know, you know what you should do, you know what you want to do, but many times we don't have it in us, the courage to do it. That's the thing. That is a thing. And that's something that we can briefly touch on is you need to start a part of being really self-confident is a reflection of the self-trust that you have. And a part of that self-trust process, you need to be able to identify the difference between anxiety and your intuition. The thing is people have that like so muddled up and they're so disconnected from their intuition and their like gut feelings. When you have that 30 seconds of courage, which we all know what that feeling feels like, right? And that's what happened to me that morning. I'm like, no, I need to do this right now because there is no way in hell that I'm going to feel this courageous this afternoon, tomorrow, in a week. Like I need to do it right now. People need to start strengthening that. And the more you act on that feeling, right? And this isn't like an irrational, impulsive decision. This is like a gut feeling that is like overcome you. You need to act on that because that will ultimately build more self-trust within you, which will ripple out into being confident in making all decisions in your life. We don't trust our gut enough. I think that's, that's, I mean, I feel like every bad decision I made, I made because I didn't listen to my intuition. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, And that goes back. It it goes back to self-trust. You don't trust that, that you you don't trust yourself enough to listen to it. Exactly. Um, And there's a lack of trust in making decisions, right? You start going to like everyone and their moms for feedback and you're giving up all your power. You're giving your power to other people to ultimately have opinion and say over what they think that you should do with your life. And you just become very dependent on your external reality. And also there's a part where it's like, you don't trust yourself enough to be resourceful, to figure it out, even if it does flop, you know, like, I don't know where that comes from. Like, it's something I think we're all like, born with. I mean, even the most confidence of confident people, we still will be like, well, God, I don't know. Or, and as you get older, you know, the decisions become a little bit more expensive and, you know, they have bigger repercussions. Um, and I don't know where that starts. Is that something that like society has burdened us with, or is that just human nature? I definitely think that is through experience and upbringing and ultimately who you're in close proximity to, right? You're such a sponge when you're younger, particularly up until like you're about seven. But as I said, like even as you get older, like you're in your young 20s, you're so impressionable based on the conversations you're having, what you're consuming intentionally online or in the news or whatever it may be. I think it's very much based on your experience and your interpretations of that experience. And then if you don't actually de- debulk things and unfold things and look to understand your triggers and look to intentionally understand lessons that will ultimately all just get stored in your subconscious, which will just be a rinse and repeat situation. Every time you go to make a decision versus actually understanding your triggers as to why you feel the way you do. Interesting. You actually created this program, this, um, confidence, mind accelerator that, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is not just fluffy talk. You actually have a proven system that structures, structures us to unstuckness, which I realize is not a word, uh, but I'm going to use it anyway, because that's the kind of day I'm having. I like uh, it. With, with it, I mean, this, this is an actual action plan with tangible tools and, and effective actions 
to get us there? Yeah. So essentially CMA confident mindset accelerator is my like signature program that I have built out. So reverting back to a bit of my story and my timeline. So upon me, like being in my mid twenties, broke, figuring it all out from there, I started to become too exposed to different things. I tried the corporate life really realized that didn't really didn't do it for me. How long did that take you before you figured that out? Like 22 seconds? Solid six months. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. You gave it a good go. And I was just like, and the thing is, I actually don't hate on corporate. I'm the biggest advocate for doing what feels good. Structure, stability. If you're working for a company that you absolutely love and adore, there is nothing wrong with that. There is, a, There can be a lot wrong with entrepreneurship and like doing your own thing too. Like it's really what you make of it and really leaning into what feels good. So my first job, I was just like, what is this? What is this? This is awful. I was happy like on $20 a day, like doing (laughs) way. I don't know. I just couldn't figure it out. So upon that through exploration, I did start ended up teaching yoga. So with that, naturally I'm like holding space for community. And I've always been a very empathic person. I've always been very driven to try new things that me falling into kind of this coaching role just really organically happened through, I think my own curiosity and desire to learn and desire to make an impact. So that's where I became, I decided to become certified in life and success coaching, EFT, NLP, all of the modalities that will actually support people getting the transformation that they wanted, which was really important to me because you don't necessarily need to become certified to do this practice and teach this skill set and whatnot. But I wanted to always ensure that I, I, the, the method that I would build out would hundred percent get people the results that they desire. Like I'm so confident in that. So this kind of led me to building out CMA and that is built out. It's ultimately a formula that I have learned through a experience naturally, and obviously my own learnings and lessons and things like this by experts in this field, but market research. Like I did a few weeks of like market research of jumping on calls with women in like the millennial age group, for the most part, going through a certain set of questions, understanding what it is that they want to actually learn. And then also I took live clients through the program over a three month period to see them in to see what needed to be tweaked and what they really needed in that time and what actually worked for them to ensure that I'm able to produce this ultimately course, this evergreen course that I could be like, hey, take this, take your time, it's self-paced, do these steps to get you the results that you desire. And to kind of unfold the method that is in there, I very much started from a place of like releasing what is no longer serving you. Cause this is a thing like, also with social media and understanding that we're in the golden era of information, everything's available at our fingertips, right? Like Google's like a hot second away. It's too much sometimes. It's too much. And also if you're just like consuming, 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 you're actually putting yourself a little bit on overdrive and it can keep you kind of playing small or put you a little bit into freeze zone. And ultimately if you're like consuming so much content, but actually haven't done the work to release and make space for what is no longer serving you, it's just going to all get muddled up and it's going to get mixed together. And so you need to do the work in actually releasing it. And that's kind of the first phase of CMA is like working through the triggers. I totally dig about too, because there's so many people that are like, I'm a coach. And you're like, are you like, you have no qualifications, like, you know, and who are you coaching? 
but you're actually, you've gone about it from, you know, an educational standpoint where you've actually like learned the tried and true methods, but then also taking this like life experience. I mean, I feel like you've lived a hundred lives in your young life um, to where you're actually bringing to the table, like, you know, things that many of us are never, ever going to experience. And, you know, having these, this own like ability to share your deepest, darkest moments where you're like living at your parents' house after you've like been abroad and living this grand life. I mean, I think when we say walking the walk and talking the talk, you're doing it and you're very successful as a result of it. Now, how you and I met was through your podcast. So let's talk about that a little bit. And let's talk about the wonderful people that you're showcasing. The Goal Digger Guide. So a little play on words, G-O-A-L, not gold, guys, goal. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I started the podcast two years ago. I guess it was a COVID baby. Yeah, tw- that would, yeah. So I started the podcast in um, two years ago. It was something that I knew I wanted to do. It's something that I felt like I would be good at. And I also just like the platform in a sense of like delivering the most amount of value, you know, like it's such a space where you can connect with people like how we are right now. We, what are the chances that we would ever even meet? You know, it's a, I really, really love that about the space. And I'm honestly, in all transparency, very particular about who comes on the podcast. Like I've definitely said no to people and that's not from a, um, like a conceited egotistical way whatsoever. I'm just really particular about the information that is shared on my podcast. Like for right now, I will only interview women and I don't really see that changing. However, like nothing is set in stone and the podcast is predominantly all around self-development and that can look like working with subconscious mind, interest in spirituality, personal experience, to even like finances. Like I've had some really cool people, like women come on that are accountants or they're like financial coaches and things like that. Like things that I know that women would be, it, it would be in support of women. You know, there's a little bit of a lack of information, something that would resonate, something that would provide value. And that's why I thought it was so cool when you came on, Samantha, that you were talking about nonprofit. And I was very transparent about like how I've never had someone come on about nonprofit. And your story is so cool and the mission behind it and what you do, what are you doing? And it's just, it's really, really impactful. So I am picky (laughs) and I probably will continue to be, but it's something that really is a light in my life. I really enjoy podcasting. Um, it's a passion point of mine, a hundred percent. And yeah, for any of you that want to listen, it's called the gold digger guide. And you probably know how to edit. So there's that. So you have said that sensitivity is your superpower. How does that serve you in this role? Oh, that's such a good question. So I would say growing up, I grew up with two older brothers. They're lovely. We're super close. Uh, and I'm the youngest, but like crying and things like that didn't get me anywhere in my household, you know, like <laughs> acting on my, like, they're just like, get the, the hell sympathy away. was not there. No, 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 no. And like the empathy was also not there. And, um, I think growing up, I looking back had a serious like bone of contention and resistance to maybe like who I actually was. I was really, really good at putting on a poker face in the act of like being this like hard badass. And 
it was easy for me to put on, but then situations and circumstances would happen. And I would be like, so secretly sensitive, like so heartbroken, so upset, like crying to my mom as like a kid. And and I was just like really in denial about who I was. Like, even when I look back, my partner and I have now been together five years going on six years. And he makes jokes about how much I've changed like during our time together. Cause he's like, you would have never shared this. Like you wouldn't even have said I'm sense. I'm feeling sensitive right now. He's like, you don't understand. Like you would have never allowed yourself to say that when we first started dating. And now I'm just like, I'm sensitive. I need my space. I need this. I need that. I'm like so vocal, so vocal about my boundaries, but I think it was really coming to terms with understanding that being vulnerable is actually a beautiful way to connect with people. And there's a lot of strength within that. A lot of, lot of strength within sensitivity. And because here's the newsflash. We're all sensitive. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're a robot, we all have fucking feelings and they yeah. get hurt sometimes. And I think people see it as a weakness, not it's as a, not a weakness. I mean, it's a weakness if it's your, your crutch and that's how you want to define it. But I think in a lot of other ways, what you're saying is it's an empowerment moment because you can connect with people. Yeah. And I think it's really important to when to identify that when you are aware of your level of sensitivity, and some people are more sensitive than others, absolutely, 100%. Um, that's why it's really important to do this work to also understand where your sensitivity is coming from in certain circumstances. But it's also really important to help highlight if you are playing victim to a situation, because people aren't acknowledging their actual level of sensitivity and instead they're playing victim very much to their external reality where I am so heightenedly aware of this that I am a big believer in the fact that it's ultimately up to you to choose how you want to unravel your own human experience right and take accountability for that take like ruthless accountability for your participation in your own life, which is like the biggest, boldest statement that so many people I think forget. And I think what it really boils down to is how different people communicate and how different people problem solve. So like Fleece and I are both very like logical, yes, no problem, fix it kind of gals, but we're also connective in a way. And I know for other people where they just kind of lead with their heart, someone like us, or maybe not so much you, Fleece, but me, she's a little bit better than me. I can come off as just being a real big bitch, but it's more of like, you know, here's the problem, let's solve it. Um, where, you know, somebody else may need to have a little bit more of like a warm and fuzzy approach to an issue. So I think a lot of what you're saying is like really figuring out, you know, what what works for you and what works for you in your world and how you can really, you know, figure a way to coexist. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's your responsibility to understand yourself. You're not here to be understood by other people. You're here to like understand yourself. So that's nobody else's job to figure out that other than you. And again, that's why it's so important to do this work because so many people are just like going their day to day without actually being connected to who they are. So many people have so much shit they need to unpack. So Brian, tell us where our friends out there can find you so that they can learn how to unpack their shit. Okay. Hilarious. Uh, predominantly you can find me on Instagram. It's just my full name, Brianne Burke. 
And then of course, as already spoken to, I have my podcast, The Gold Digger Guide. Uh, There's an episode released every Wednesday, if that's your jam. And right now, CMA, Confident Mindset Accelerator, my course is available for purchase. If that's something that speaks to you, you're ready to do this work and you're actually ready to take things seriously. It is my proven method to kind of get you the results that you want. And the course itself is online. So because you're in Canada, where most of our listeners are here in the States, and this is something that they can purchase and yep. do anywhere. Yep. My, they can find it, the link in my bio, and I can also send it to you to put in the show notes, but it's also yeah. on my Instagram. Yeah. Self-paced, correct? Correct. Got it. And how long does it take to unpack all your shit? <laughs> it's a forever journey. I'd like to block out my calendar. If you could just give me an idea of how much time I should leave. <laughs> I would say with this course, it can, people can really range. Like sometimes it's like four to six weeks, but I also would like give yourself if you desire to like really do the work and take your time, like also six to 10 weeks is totally fine. But that's like the timeline, I would say. Make the commitment, make the investment in yourself, right? Yeah, or just exactly. forever, like all of us, because we all need to, we all need to remember we're all works of progress and nothing comes overnight and none of us have it all figured out. It just depends on the day you know, as to how we're going to approach the world. Rianne, we thank you so much for your time. You are so much fun. I I hope that someday in like my next life, I could just rip band-aids off and go like live abroad for years on end. It is like kind of like my pie in the sky dream. I don't know. Maybe, maybe when my kids are older, please, maybe you and me. I'm in. (laughs) There you go. And Brienne, we'll find you. You could come with us. Uh, we everybody found this episode incredibly inspiring. We know we were. We hope that you get out there this week and are inspired.